It's not unusual to find plenty of wine caves and wine cellars in wine country. What is unusual is discovering a sophisticated broadcast facility inside these well-protected and often top-secret chambers. But maybe it really isn't that surprising that America's number one wine broadcast originates from the soul of wine country. And it is our great privilege to do all we can to inspire you. If you drink wine simply because, well, it's a drink, we've got our work cut out. For literally thousands of years, wine has fueled celebrations, ended conflicts, and provided the ultimate connection between one human being and another. It makes food taste better, lifts spirits, sparks our imagination, and beckons us to slow down and love life. If that all sounds good to you, you're in the right place. So sit back, clear your head, put any worries you have on hold, and join us as we go in search of this week's Grape Encounter. But be warned, we speak a much different language than what you typically experience in most wine-centric environments. But you didn't come here because you're ordinary, did you? Good, because your host, David Wilson, is here to take you far, far away from the beaten path. Here's David. And it is time for your weekly grape encounter. And if there's one thing you probably should know about me if you already don't, it's that even though my show is all about having fun with wine, I am very sensitive to the abuse of wine, alcohol, or anything else like that. It has to be consumed responsibly and I just you'll never hear me talk about some wild party that I've been to because it's just not what I'm all about and and that's not to say that uh, I'm not okay with you know people staying at home and in a controlled situation doing whatever you know makes you happy but generally speaking we need to be responsible and uh, you know that sometimes can be difficult that being said enough lecture I came across a product, a new product, that is very cool and very interesting in that what it seeks to do is slow down the absorption of alcohol. And that translates into you're not getting as buzzed as uh, you might otherwise. Now, the product was not designed to make it easier for you to just drink yourself silly. That wasn't the point. It was uh, designed for people who want to be very responsible, and it's part of a much bigger dream and vision by uh, the person who came up with this. His name is Joe Fisher, and um, he is the president of Zeno Functional Foods. And Joe, welcome to Grape Encounters. Great to be here, David. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm so glad to be having this discussion, and it's because it's not going to be a just discussion just about this new product, which is called Sobar, S-O-B-A-R. Uh, I guess that's a play off of Sober, right? And, that's correct. And it's a bar-type um, food, uh, bar as in you know protein bars and health-oriented bars, not bars that we go drinking. But anyway, um, very, very interesting product. But one of the reasons that I wanted to have uh, Joe on is he has done an enormous amount of research on, you know, what goes on in our bodies when we drink. 
And I think a lot of people, most people perhaps, don't really have their arms wrapped around, you know, what's really going on. So I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to look at a very forward-thinking product, but also to understand better uh, something that we should understand better. So, Joe, I'm putting a lot of pressure on you today to enlighten us, right? But, but, you know, before we jump into it, you've got a pretty interesting background. You come from the world of pharmaceuticals, right? That's right. I came out west from uh, the East Coast to college. I did a BS and MS in chemistry at Stanford. Uh, and then I stayed on for doing an MD and a PhD degree in something called the Medical Scientist Training Program. And it's mm. designed to train doctors to do research. Uh, and after that, I basically stuck to that. I did research. I never practiced medicine. Um, I did some postdoctoral research at UCSF, uh, and then I worked in biotechnology and pharmaceutical companies pretty much my whole career, trying to develop drugs for cancer and uh, inflammation and you know big problems. Um, and it was only after sort of retiring from that career that I decided to try to impact health and primarily preventive medicine, trying to prevent yeah. illnesses and problems uh, with food. With, a, I guess, a, a much stronger emphasis on more natural solutions, is that correct, than drug-oriented solutions? Yeah. So, you know, drugs are chemical substances that act on your body. They act on particular structures in your body and proteins. And foods actually do a similar thing. It's just generally the potency of foods is lower, so you don't think of them as drugs. But uh, a lot of them, um, you know, activate and inhibit hormones and do other various things. So I just, I'm trying to design foods that are not your normal healthy food, uh, although they are healthy foods. Uh, it's something that is designed to, you know, elicit a very specific physiological response. It's designed to do very something very particular that you can test in a clinical trial and demonstrate that it works or it doesn't work. Um, and then it has the impact that you saw. I was really taken aback when I, I spent some time running through the various pages on your website. You have done a lot of research. And what's particularly refreshing is that when you go and you look at not just the the research and the numbers, but all of the rationale that went into the creation of this product, you realize that it is it's a very, very serious undertaking that has really resulted in some astonishing results. So let's talk first about why Sobar, um, why this one first? Yeah, so I started out really working on a food that would be helpful with heart disease and lowering cholesterol. I've also was very interested in digestive health, um, things that could lower blood sugar and help with obesity. Um, so this product was not the top of my list. I thought something with alcohol could be a possibility. But what got me thinking about it more and sort of brought it to the top of the heap was I basically went to a wedding on an empty stomach, you know, served a lot of alcohol, and I just either didn't make my way to the hors d'oeuvre table or didn't get enough food. Oh. And I got pretty intoxicated and didn't feel very good, basically. Um, so I decided I wanted to research more about it and find out more about the problems that alcohol causes, but also whether there was any information about how foods could help that out um, more specifically. So that sort of experience, that real life experience, brought the attention to this uh, area more to me. And it turned out to be one of the easiest products to test because, you know, you don't have to find sick people, anyone that drinks alcohol, you can easily test 
how a food affects their uh, blood alcohol level. And my main question was, can you make a food that's designed for this that actually works better than your average food? Because the research that I saw published was pretty much stating that, you know, if you ate a pretty big meal before you drank, it had a huge impact on reducing alcohol absorption. But there was really very little published information on whether one food was better than another, how much you had to eat, when you had to eat it. So I thought, you know, the, the basic question was, is it possible to develop a food that's optimized for this purpose that works better. So in a situation where you want to eat uh, to have this effect, can you do it without eating so much or uh, more efficiently? It is not practical when you're just out at a happy hour with friends uh, to be served uh, turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes. Yeah, Yeah. it's just some of the research studies are clearly just totally impractical. No one eats a whole meal before they have you know, put a drink to their mouth. So, you know, it just wasn't a reasonable, you know, scenario. So in terms of the bar itself, I've read a lot of reviews that not only do they work, but they're delicious. I've always been a bit of a foodie. You know, um, I've been a bread baker for many years. I I just like food. Um, Everyone knows in the food industry that you need to have a product that tastes good. Otherwise, no one would want to eat it no matter what it does. So, um, you know, that's a top priority is to make it something that's nutritious, tasty, something you can have as a snack anytime. But I made it a point for them to taste good. And, you know, being new to the food industry, I just had to learn a lot about, you know, how things are made and the economics of it all. And, you know, a lot of bar manufacturers skimp. They want to use inexpensive ingredients to keep the cost down. Quite frankly, I hate a lot of them. Uh, I think there's a lot of them use um, sugar alcohols, which I think don't taste very good to me. So everything in this bar is, uh, you know, pretty much an all natural product and it's got an all natural sugar taste without having too much sugar in it. So um, I think most people really like them. All right, we're gonna dig much much deeper into SoBar and what it's all about and how it works. And also I, I, I sure wanna know more about some of the other foods that you're looking at producing for xenofunctional foods. I'm sure you've Absolutely. got. I'm sure you got a, a long list at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, you can only do so much at one time. Well, we'll uh, jump in at least to Sobar right now, and I think you're going to learn a lot here on this edition of Grape Encounters Radio with my special guest today, Joe Fisher, president of Xenofunctional Foods. Stay with me. We'll be right back. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. (laughs) 
Summer is here, invigorating our state of mind and sparking desires for things that complement our playful mood. Yep, our barbecues are already working overtime, cranking out slabs of baby backs that pair perfectly with light, crisp summer sippers. And if you need a little inspiration, check out the summer wine list that no one can resist. It's Total Wine & More's Top 12 Summer Wines, featuring a truly eclectic cross-section of wines, all under $20 and many under $10. Plus, Total Wine & More is offering summer wine bundles that save you up to $24 on a variety pack of wine. And now that we've all gotten into curbside buying, you can order online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order in the store or just outside for a contactless experience. The best lineup of super low-priced summer wines is just a click away at TotalWine.com. Back with Grape Encounters Radio, and I think it's safe to say that there are few things that we humans tend to regret more than consuming too much alcohol and suffering the side effects of bad decision making. I know that for the most part that my listeners are not drinking wine to catch a buzz. Uh, of course, wine relaxes you and that is, uh, that's what it's meant to do. But that idea that if a little is good, then more must be better just doesn't apply where alcohol is concerned. And I, I have got to tell you that, and I'm not going to get into the details of this right yet, but I've had some real tragedy in my life, not related to me personally, but uh, people that I care about where alcohol is concerned. And so I'm really hypersensitive to being vigilant where making good decisions drinking-wise is concerned. And I really think, you know, if you're looking for a buzz, um, you know, wine was not designed for that. So, you know, anything that I think can help us to better control how we drink and the effects of that drinking is a good thing. And glad to have on Joe Fisher, president of Zeno Functional Foods, who's come up with a really interesting product. It's called Sobar. And the whole idea is to in inhibit the absorption of alcohol, you know, so that you don't get hammered. But Joe, the main point I think here is, is that you didn't create the bar to make it easier for people to overindulge. That's right. My goal is to really be something that I would want to have, which is something that allows me to drink, but do it with a little bit more um, control of the way the alcohol is being absorbed. I wanted something that was small without too many calories because I tend to gain weight when I drink. And um, I also wanted to have something that was portable that I could have with me whenever I needed it because, uh, and we'll get into this more later. So the idea is, you know, I'm going to meet friends after work, or I'm going to be in a situation where uh, a meal is not going to be readily available, or what might be available to me in terms of food is going to have a huge amount of calories. So the idea is to have a product that's, like you said, portable, not um, over the top where calories are concerned, and is extremely efficient in how it works in conjunction with the absorption of alcohol. So uh, take us through it. Um, what's really going on in your body? I've got a, I'm drinking a glass of wine. Maybe I'm having two glasses of wine. I'm doing that on an empty stomach. That's my first mistake, right? 
Yeah. So really, you know, SOBAR, as much as it's a food, it's a way of educating people and letting them make an important point about eating and drinking. So alcohol is a small organic molecule. It just sort of freely floats across membranes in your body without any extra energy needed. So you put it in your mouth and a little bit actually just goes right through your mucous membranes in your mouth and gets absorbed. Um, and then as it goes down your esophagus, a little bit more can get absorbed. But since it doesn't spend much time in those places, not much normally happens that way. The biggest thing is when it gets to your stomach. So whether you have food in your stomach or the stomach's empty, uh, alcohol generally doesn't get absorbed very quickly through your stomach. It sort of seeps through your stomach wall at a pretty slow rate. But when it gets to your small intestine after your stomach, that's when it can get absorbed very quickly because the small intestine has a huge surface area and it basically sucks up the alcohol like a sponge. So the, the way this whole thing works with food is that food slows down your stomach from emptying. And that makes sense because it takes time to digest food. And if you just dumped all the food you ate in your right. small intestine right away, it wouldn't work very well. So when you have food in your stomach and then you drink, the alcohol sits in your stomach a lot longer. And there's enzymes that line the stomach wall that break down alcohol. It's called alcohol dehydrogenase. That enzyme is also present inside your liver and it breaks down alcohol. But there's some right in your stomach before it even gets absorbed. So when it sits in the stomach, the alcohol gets broken down. And then what doesn't get broken down either gets absorbed to the stomach or gets to the small intestine. And the whole point is that a lot of the alcohol can get broken down in the stomach if you can keep it in the stomach long enough. So that's why um, it's a really good idea to eat while you're drinking, but also a little bit before you're drinking, it'll actually get the biggest effect. So if you eat food about five to 15 minutes before you actually start to drink, and it doesn't have to be much food, uh, it could be two to 300 calories of something, mm -hmm. uh, it signals your stomach to slow down. And then the minute you put the alcohol in there, it sort of sticks in your stomach a lot longer. Um, now, if you drink while you're um, eating, that's also a benefit. But after you've already drank on an empty stomach and the alcohol got to your small intestine and sort of got into your system already, it's too late. Food is not going to have nearly as big of an impact after the alcohol is inside your uh, bloodstream already. In the clinical trial we ran, we tested people that came in on an empty stomach. They were given uh, a food 10 minutes before they were drinking. Um, and it was either a snack mix, um, the so bar, the same number of calories, or a whole meal that was about three times as many calories. Okay. And then they were drinking two cocktails uh, in 10 minutes. So it's pretty aggressive drinking. But in that scenario, you know, eating that food was only two, a little over 200 calories, reduced the alcohol absorption by 50%. What? 50%, yeah, 50%, 50%. 50%. So we published that in a clinical trial, peer-reviewed journal. Um, so the average blood alcohol level went from 0.064, the peak, to 0.03. So it was a huge effect um, from not that much food, but it's the way it was eaten. It was eaten very strategically before they drank. Um, so, you know, I've tested it, you know, while you're drinking too, and you get an effect uh, as well. That is, a, that's an amazing number when you think about it. I mean, reducing uh, absorption by what is the average? More than 50%, right? Yeah, it's about 50%. You know, wow. it varies. Uh, both men and women were about the same level of, of reduction. Um, and uh, it's, 
you know, when you do the experiment yourself, which I've done many times, I mean, you don't need a breathalyzer. You can feel it. It's just a, a huge difference. And it's not just the amount of alcohol absorbed. It's how it's absorbed. It's instead of getting a large initial peak of absorption and a very high blood alcohol level spike, it's a much flatter curve. And mm-hmm. you sort of uh, think of it as flattening the curve, which is what uh, what you're actually doing with uh, blood the blood alcohol level. So it, okay. it doesn't I- come up as high and it stays flatter a longer period of time. We'll be back with Joe Fisher and uh, more on this really it's super interesting topic that I think most of us don't know a heck of a lot about. But you're going to get an education today on Grape Encounters. You know, even though I spend almost every waking hour trying to track down all things wine, Total Wine & More is always several steps ahead. They're always doing everything they can to distinguish themselves from everybody else. And even though I'm a little jealous of how well they're able to cover the world, they definitely make my job easier by turning me on to some of the next exciting discoveries. Did you know that Total Wine & More's buying team travels across the U.S. and around the world looking for new and exciting wines? Total Wine doesn't just sell the same old, same old. They're always busy forging relationships with the best producers so that they're able to provide exceptional wines that are exciting and new to you at incredible prices. Just look for the yellow winery direct tag. And for a contactless experience, try their new curbside pickup option. Simply order online and select curbside for an easy new way to shop. Have a little fun online. Order today at TotalWine.com. Did you know that there's a lot more going on in the world of Grape Encounters than what you hear each week on the radio show? If your answer is no, it means that you're not as plugged into our wild, wacky, and wonderful world of wine. But we can fix that right now. I really want to share a lot more with you than what we're able to do during the weekly show. Like wine recommendations, interesting ways you can play with your wine, information about upcoming wine happenings, and even recipes I've developed just for you. There are two things you can do to get plugged in. First, join the Grape Encounters Radio group page on Facebook. Make sure it's the group page. Or you can sign up for our mailing list at GrapeEncounters.com. In coming weeks, I'll be doing giveaways, offering free online parties exclusively for you, and a lot more. Please, don't miss out. Connect with me on Facebook or at GrapeEncounters.com. Words can be very confusing. When you're crazy, people say that you're nuts. But what if you're crazy about nuts? Well, that doesn't mean that you should be sent to the funny farm. It means that you should be sent to the farm of MM Organics, the producers of organic heirloom walnuts and walnut products that are so incomparably unique and delicious, other nuts will be reduced to wallflowers. Whoops, there we go with those crazy meanings of words again. After all, if being a wallflower means disappearing into the background, then why does being a walnut from MM Organics mean standing out from the rest? Confused? Well, you won't be when you discover the glorious deliciousness of walnut halves, baking pieces, fair trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and other scrumptious walnut products from MM Organics. Learn more and order yours at mmorganics.com, where you'll also find our utterly irresistible two-horse Portuguese dessert wine that everyone goes nuts for. Get crazy at mmorganics.com.
We're back with more Grape Encounters. Hey, please do us an enormous favor and like us on Facebook. It's the very best way to learn about other opportunities that we may not share on the broadcast. Also, join our mailing list on GrapeEncounters.com. Listeners on our contact list receive some exclusive opportunities. Become an insider. Enough said. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. So why exactly is it that some people can seem to hold so much alcohol and act as though they're completely unfazed while other people just take a few sips or, you know, have one glass of wine and they're done and uh, the effects are much more pronounced with them. Uh, I've got somebody on with me today who is a, a longtime researcher in terms of, you know, what's going on in our bodies. He started out in pharmaceuticals, but now is looking at some really interesting, healthy, food-oriented ways of dealing with some problems that, you know, many of us have to deal with, especially when it comes to, to drinking. My genius of the day is Joe Fisher. And I'm, uh, Joe, I'm, I'm really impressed with this product. I think it's such a great idea. It's so necessary. You know, the product wasn't designed to give you a hall pass where drinking is concerned. It was really designed to keep you from getting miserable and being stupid. Oh, absolutely. My goal is to just create an extra tool that you have in your, your handbag or your pocket that gives you a little bit more control of f- having food around when you're drinking. So for my scenario is, you know, if I go to a party, I might have one of these before I walk in the door. If I go out to dinner, uh, you know, usually what comes before your bread is a cocktail or a glass of wine. So sometimes I might just even not have a whole bar, but just, you know, have a bite or two before I go out for a, a dinner, when at least when I could have gone out for dinner. <laughs> and one of the things, Joe, that I, I find a little bit um, problematic is that there are these charts out there that we've all seen at one point or another where it says, okay, if you weigh this much and you drink this much, then this is what's going to happen to you. It isn't etched in stone, is it? Yeah, there's a lot of variability between people. So, you know, when you put alcohol in your body, it gets absorbed, and then it gets converted by various enzymes in your body, either inside your uh, stomach or inside your liver or in various tissues. So what happens is alcohol gets broken down by an enzyme called alcohol dehydrogenase into something called acetaldehyde. Okay. And acetaldehyde is sort of a nasty little chemical that's very reactive. It binds to other things and, and sort of causes a little destruction. And it's a carcinogen. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, in a big study that came out a few years ago, uh, if you're a woman over the age of 50 uh, and you died uh, due to uh, some alcohol-related cause, about 27% of those people died of cancer. There's a high correlation between alcohol consumption and, and cancer risk. So that's one thing. So the alcohol gets converted to something that's sort of nasty. And that nasty thing gets converted by another enzyme uh, that causes it to be harmless. Um, And there's an enzyme, uh, it's called uh, acetaldehyde. Uh, It basically transforms the acetaldehyde and inactivates it. And Mm. about 30% of East Asians have a uh, mutant version of that uh, acetaldehyde converting enzyme that uh, makes it work very poorly. So the acetaldehyde accumulates. And that's what gives rise to 
this flushing reaction that a large number of uh, East Asians suffer from. A large percentage of the population can't tolerate alcohol well because of that, uh, that enzyme modification. And it also leads to an increased cancer risk for people that have that. So that al- alcohol dehydrogenase, there's at least seven forms of it uh, that mm. your body has, different, different genes that vary a little bit. Some are in your liver, some are in your stomach. One work faster than others. How much of that enzyme depends on how much you drink, whether you smoke, your age, your sex. So there's a lot of um, factors involved as well as individual variability. So if you test 20 people, give them the same drink, um, and even if they're the same weight, you'll get a pretty big spectrum of the amount of alcohol that's absorbed. And we saw that in the clinical trial. There were some people that um, you know, peaked at 0.08, some people peaked at 0.06, given the exact same amount of alcohol per kilogram of their weight. So you, know, you try to adjust it by their weight. Um, it depends on their fat content in their body. Uh, you know, because alcohol is a dissolves in water, so it sort of uh, likes to go to the water-containing parts of your body, and that's why it's thought that women end up with a higher blood alcohol concentration for a given weight because they have a higher body fat percentage uh, than men. So uh, it affects wait, wait, their I, blood I, alcohol. Okay, I need to understand that. Okay, because I'm not thin as a rail. <laughs> yeah. So the the more fat you have in your body the effect that alcohol has on you is what? You can think of your body being divided into a watery part and a fatty part. Okay. And the alcohol goes into the watery part. So if you have a large percentage of your weight is the fatty part. So if you take two people of of the same weight, one has a big fatty part and one has a smaller fatty part. Okay. The one that has a big fatty part will be affected by the alcohol more because the amount of of uh, a volume of their watery part is small. So that alcohol has a bigger effect on them uh, for, for a given weight. So are you saying, are you saying then that if somebody is overweight, that, that, that the more fat that they have in their body, the more the areas uh, that are water-based are reduced, they become smaller, that it's going to set things out of balance. No, it's just a proportion. So proportion, okay. You have two people of the same weight where one has a higher body fat percentage than another, the alcohol will probably affect one more than the other because of that that difference. Okay, Um, I want to I want to go back to the enzyme that you were talking about. Uh, This enzyme that breaks down alcohol seems a a little strange to me. It's I'm not understanding this um, completely. The human body was, you know, not designed to drink alcohol. Alcohol is something that we created. Um, you know, it's a it's a man made creation that we put in our body. Why did our Why does our body have that enzyme to begin with? If alcohol is not something that that we as humans would normally experience naturally. Or, or maybe maybe we do, and I'm just not getting it. Yeah, no, that's a very good question. Um, I don't have a perfect answer for that. I do know that, you know, throughout evolution, there's always mutations that give you some uh, survival advantage or not. Um, how this enzyme actually came to be efficient in humans, I don't know. But what's very fascinating is there was an article in the New York Times science section I saw fairly recently that looked at that 
in other animals. They were actually looking at uh, the eff effect of alcohol and other species of animals. Uh, and there was, there was definitely some difference in the, the enzymes of humans that allowed it to be metabolized much more efficiently than in other animals. So it may be much easier to get certain animals drunk than your average uh, uh, wine taster. Well, just out of curiosity, which animals get drunk the easiest? I can't remember. I have to look back at this article, but it, I think they were testing on elephants and some other, there was some, there was some story about some bunch of elephants in India that um, ate some fermented food and they got intoxicated and they ransacked this village and actually a bunch of people were killed. Um, <laughs> and, and it wasn't very much alcohol. So I think that there were partly was that they, they couldn't metabolize it very well. I'll tell you something too. If you have not been around a herd of drunk elephants, <laughs> then you, you probably can't relate to what Joe is talking about, but they are obnoxious. They do ridiculous things, and it's just not a pretty sight. Yeah, There's some peanut-flavored peanut soap bars that might have worked there. But, but uh, let's just put it this way. If you see an elephant that's got alcohol in his trunk— yeah. Stay, if you see a bottle, stay away. If you see a bottle hanging out of the trunk. Definitely go the other way. Yes. All right. We got a, a few minutes left, but we're going to take a quick break here, uh, talking to Joe Fisher of Zeno Functional Foods. Oh, I didn't get a chance to dig into some of the other things that you're looking at. Really interesting what you are doing, and uh, we'll get into that in just a second when we return with Grape Encounters. Today's edition of Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine and More. Every week, we encourage you to look beyond the ordinary and seek the extraordinary. That's why you definitely want to check out Winery Direct at Total Wine & More. These products are identified by the yellow shelf tag in the store or online. The selection includes more than 2,000 of their 8,000 wines, and you can be confident that you're getting the highest quality wines produced by some of the world's most renowned winemakers at the best price. Winery Direct is one of the many things that makes Total Wine & More so unique. Order today at TotalWine.com. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters Radio right after this. We've got to take a breather for a minute or two. Don't go away. Remember, if we don't let the wine breathe, it's impossible for the show to be done in good taste. If you're a frequent Grape Encounters radio listener, you know that our show is all about inclusiveness. For far too long, wine consumers have felt left out, simply because a small minority of, well, let's call them out, wine snobs have dominated the conversation. For 12 years, it's been my mission to give you, the wine enthusiasts that just want to have fun, a front row seat to everything that's cool about wine. And while we have a very intimate thing going on here, I've been thinking that we can take things where no radio or TV program has gone before. And so beginning next week, I'm inviting you and your friends to get together with me for a private online party. This isn't a big streaming free-for-all event. It's you, me, and your guests. You decide what you want to talk about, we'll set a time, then it's party time. So email me using the contact form at GrapeEncounters.com. Tell me a little bit about how we can make this fun for you, and I'll respond to as many requests as I can. Just drop me a note at GrapeEncounters.com. Even though I spend almost every waking hour trying to track down all things wine, Total Wine & More is impossible to keep up with. 
That's because they have a team of experts constantly searching every corner of the world for amazing wines priced so you can enjoy them on any occasion, like tomorrow. They're always busy forging relationships with the best producers so that they're able to provide exceptional wines that are exciting and new to you at incredible savings. And of course, your faves will be there too. New discoveries, must-have favorites, and more than 8,000 choices to explore online with your handy device while you soak up some shade. Visit Total Wine & More in person, or if you prefer a contactless experience, order online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order in the store or curbside. And for awesome summer wines, all under $20 and many under $10, be sure to check out their summer wines list at TotalWine.com. So the other day I was out and about and I stopped at a gas station to get a little gas and a little something to sip on. And I couldn't believe, although it should be no surprise, just how many designer beverages and bars and things are out there now to you know, try to help us be stronger, feel better, uh, help us with our diets, you name it. In this one particular place that I walked into, the large refrigeration uh, units that they have, they must have had at least six of them that were just devoted to these designer drinks. It was astounding. But uh, one thing that you will not see in a convenience store is a product called Sobar. And the person who came up with this is with me today, Joe Fisher, who longtime researcher, pharmaceutical developer. You were working on some very noble products, Joe, uh, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I, a lot of antibody drugs for, for cancer, things such as that. Um, you know, pretty serious illnesses. And I'm all for, you know, drugs for any of those because I'm sure I'm going to get them at some point. But I was particularly interested in preventive medicine, which is sort of really underplayed uh, in the United States, unfortunately. You know, this is really deviating from our conversation, but since you're here with me and you have so much experience in this area, why why do we hear so often people say that the pharmaceutical companies don't want to find a cure for cancer? And is there even a modicum of truth to that, in your opinion? Well, you know, I think the pharmaceutical industry uh, is like any other industry, responds to financial, economic incentives. Um, you know, there are good people there trying to do good things. It's just if you incentivize people to uh, get paid for something that, you know, treats a disease rather than prevents a disease, that's where they're going to put their effort and their, their money. You know, if there was a magic pill that could you could take once that would prevent cancer, um, you know, I think people would want to develop it, but, you know, you could probably only sell it once, you know, yeah. so it's a uh, one of these things. What are some of the other things that you're working on right now? Yeah, so um, I started out working on something that would really try to lower cholesterol. Um, and I developed a, a bar that... In, Early testing looked pretty good, but the problem with it was not that it didn't work or didn't taste good, was that the drugs out there actually work pretty well for doing that, and they're very cheap. So I just didn't see people really, uh, even though it was more of a natural solution, that people would uh, probably spend just as much money for this bar that didn't work as well as some of the cheap drugs out there for like statins that, uh -huh. that are, would be more effective. So that one was sort of put on the side uh, burner. My the second area that I'm probably most interested in would be in preventing diabetes or helping prevent uh, the conversion of prediabetes to diabetes. You know, there's a lot of low sugar foods out there that people can eat that will 
help with that. I was more interested in something else that would like a little small bite that you would eat before a meal that could blunt the, the glucose response. So I've done some initial testing with that, but it hasn't been uh, advanced forward to a clinical trial yet. Uh, but, you know, down the road, that would be the second thing that I think would be the highest priority. Wow. I can't even imagine how that would change the world. I, I want to go back to Sobar for a second because I, I meant to ask you if there is a difference between the way the body absorbs alcohol from different sources. I mean, we all know that the alcohol in wine versus beer versus spirits is the same alcohol, but as I understand it, there may be a difference in terms of how the body absorbs the alcohol from these different sources. Is there a difference? Yeah. So there's two things to consider there. One is Different drinks have different concentrations of alcohol. So as you know, beer is four or five percent or maybe up to 10. Wine is in that, you know, 10 to 15 percent. And then uh, spirits are, you know, 20 percent and higher. So that's one one consideration is the percentage of alcohol. The other thing is what's the other part of the drink and how many calories are in it. So as I mentioned before, that food slows the stomach from emptying. Well, one of the things food does is because of the calories in food. So there's been a bunch of studies that looked at that a certain number of calories slows the stomach from emptying more than others. So if your drink has a lot of calories in it, um, that can actually slow your stomach from emptying more than a drink that doesn't have. And there's a clinical trial that did that where they just tested a cocktail that was with a non-caloric mixer versus one that was very sugary. And the very sugary one got absorbed, the alcohol got absorbed significantly slower than the one that was uh, non-caloric. But the, the more important one is the concentration, the difference like between beer and wine and spirits. There have been a few clinical trials that have looked at that. And pretty consistently, beer seems to uh, get absorbed a little bit slower than wine and a little bit slower than uh, a spirit that's been diluted to 20% alcohol. Generally speaking, if you're sipping beer, food is important, but not quite as important as if you're more quickly drinking a a mixed drink that's about 20% alcohol. So wine is in the middle. Is that about right? Yeah, wine's in the middle. About right. The thing too is, you know, everyone talks about champagne and the bubbles and it goes to your head faster. Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, I've only found one clinical trial that tested that where they looked at carbonation in the drink versus non carbonated. And a good percentage of the people had no effect that huh. on average huh. it looked like it was absorbed a little faster, but there was you know, at least 30, 40% of the people that didn't get absorbed any faster with the, the bubbles than not. So. And I wonder what's going on there because. Anytime I'm around people who are drinking bubbly, they seem to go south a lot quicker than somebody that's drinking a still wine. Yeah, I I don't know. I've I've never actually done it. I like to test that myself just to see how Well, we should get together and test that. I have a breathalyzer. You just mentioned something that I don't want to forget to mention, and that's this. Breathalyzers are readily available and very inexpensive. If there was ever a good investment, that's a good investment because even though you you may think that you're just fine. That's going to tell you exactly what's going Not exactly, because they're not 100% accurate, but it's really worth having that and be on the safe side for Pete's sake. Well, Joe, it's really been nice having you on. I want to give you a chance to tell people where they can find Sobar. Yeah. So right now it's just on our website, uh, getsobars.com or on Amazon. Um, we're hoping to get into stores um, later this year. I wanted to really just kind of end on this thought, which is I can't stand the term drinker. To me, it has nothing but negative connotations. I'm a wine enthusiast. 
I enjoy wine for all of its amazing characters and qualities. You will never catch me glorifying excessive drinking, and you don't have to do it in one sitting. So choose to be an enthusiast, not a drinker. Absolutely. And thanks so much for having me, David. Uh, You're welcome. Sure appreciate you being with me this week. For any episodes of Grape Encounters that you might have missed, we've got every single one of them online at GrapeEncounters.com. Check it out there. We will see you next week. I want to remind you that Grape Encounters Radio has been brought to you by Total Wine and More. You know, when you sell over 8,000 wines under one roof, you're going to meet consumers from every walk of life with different tastes and needs. Luckily, Total Wine has everybody covered with their nearly endless selection of wines to choose from, plus a variety of ways to shop. They even have in-store pickup and contactless curbside pickup, so you're in and out in a flash. From your favorite picks to rare finds, There's always something new to discover at Total Wine and More. Order today at TotalWine.com.